0: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low-intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC Beijing. Our main event is Curtis Blades versus Francis Ngannou 2, the rematch. Co-main event is, well, I guess you could call it a co-main event because technically it's Alistair Overeem taking on Sergei Pavlovich, whose name I almost butchered, but it rained that back and as i mentioned this card is from beijing lineup block saturday morning 3 15 a.m we record this friday nights around eight o'clock so quick turnaround make sure you have your lineup set before you go to bed maybe have an alarm set and have a lot of money going in make sure no fights were canceled haven't heard, heard anything yet so we're going to go relatively quick because there are some fights that don't warrant a lot of talking about i by the way am your host of fight iq the daily fantasy sniper Joined as always by the analysts, Chris Olson and Sun Tzu. Guys, how you doing?
2: Yo, so let's uh, let's give a cautionary tale here. A, a, a good friend of ours uh, on one of these late one of these early morning cards decided to get up and set his lineups. Hashtag dead money. Um, he overslept. He slept through his alarm, and oh. all his games that he reserved ended up being dead. So. What I recommend is that you set, if you are tr- going to get some sleep before this card, set your lineups, make sure all your contests are, are reserved, set your lineup before you go to sleep.
3: That's all I have to say. Chris, how are you? I am doing good. I will not have that problem because I am just staying up all the way through. Me too. Uh, I think that should be a fun time for me. We'll see how I feel by the main event, but... I will say that um, the pricing, and I, I put this on Twitter as well, I think the pricing in this card is profoundly weird. I think they didn't really know a lot of the times where to put their 9K fighters, so they just put them wherever. And I think that's going to make for pretty no, interesting. I,
1: I don't think that was the issue. I think they, they, DraftKings is what DraftKings does. They go right by the odds, but they go by money line odds.
3: No, and, that's true. It's true. Had, but, it just but, you know, all the women's
1: fighters up there.
3: Yeah. No, it's true. But, you know. Sometimes, sometimes they'll deviate from the from the odds a little bit, but yeah, uh, that's true. In in any in any event, I think it's it's going to make for um, some potentially good value spots, and for a lot of weird randomness. So uh, be prepared for it. But we're here to talk you through it, and uh, let's get started. I'm excited. All right.
1: Well, before we do that, want to as always thank RotoWire for having us. Make sure you're going to RotoWire.com/free. 10-day free trial to all their usually paid content, no credit card required, season-long, daily fantasy, <coughs> MMA, obviously, NBA, NFL, all the good stuff, daily, season-long optimizers. Make sure and check them out over at Rotowire. Make sure you like this video, subscribe. Also subscribe to the iTunes, um, iTunes feed, which I won't pump up as much this week because it's a real quick turnaround. But if you are listening to us on iTunes, just because we're hilarious and – there's usually a good fight or two. Thank you. And make sure you um, subscribe. And If you're just on YouTube, don't over subscribe as always. Follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DFS Sniper. One as Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Joe is at Sun Tzu. S-U-N-T-S-Z-U. Let's do it. First fight of the night. Luis Smoka, he is back. Second stint in the UFC. He's back. He's on a three-fight win streak. Um, after a four-fight losing streak in the UFC. Those three fights, as these guys are going to tell you, he beat up a bunch of cans. But besides that, he is on a three-fight win streak. He is 8,800, taking on the UFC debutant. He is so bad, he only has one name. But he's got it twice. Sue Mudarji, Sue Mudarji. It's Mudarji. Sue Mudarji, Sue Mudarji. There you
3: go.
1: He is 7,400. The line, Smolka, minus 175. Come back on Sue Mudarji plus 165. God help me. I'm I'm back in the Luis Smoker camp, although it is not very convincingly that they're both not good. I think ultimately Smoke is going to have enough grappling and be good enough in the scrambles to get this done here. But tread lightly for me, the guy on a four fight UFC losing streak. That being said, he's my pick here. Well, let's talk to the analysts this week. Let's start with and I want to make sure Joe goes first in the first women's fight. That's how I'm going to do this. So, Joe, you're up first this week.
2: Okay. So, there's a lot of narrative here, right? I mean, Smoka's problems, aside from his wins and losses in the UFC, are pretty well publicized. He had a a pretty serious uh, problem with alcohol. Apparently, he has straightened that out and is now sober. He is also making, uh, I believe, his UFC debut at bantamweight. Um, there is there is no 120. Well. The rumor is there's no 125 division. So he's always been a pretty tall and long bantam weight. I, I think this would have been a natural move for him anyway at some point. Look, I mean, he's got an excellent ground game. He's one of those guys that has great jujitsu without having good wrestling. So he's not a power. He's not gonna, gonna run out and try to slam you down and you know advance. I mean, he is a pretty much a pure jujitsu guy. He's a decent striker he doesn't have a lot of power um you know the guy with two names i don't know a lot about him um you know i'm, I'm gonna pick smokey here i think this is an interesting fight to target i'll have some shares of the other guy just because you know i really want to see smoke you know up at the uh major leagues for a fight um but if he's got his act together you know this is a guy that you know headlined an event several years ago and you know, was a, a, a hardcore prospect. Um, so if he's got his act together, uh, I think his game is good enough to beat this debuting uh, Chinese fighter. So Lewis Smoke is my pick. I think it's an interesting fight to target. 8.8K is probably about right. Um, good inside the distance prop. So I would definitely target this fight.
1: Chris, tell us more about Sue
3: Mudarji. I would Moudarji. love to tell you. I would love to tell you. Um, I, I think... Um, First, before I do that, I, I want to just uh, double back on on um, the alcohol uh, problems that Smokey was having. I don't know this for a fact, but I kind of think that they were just like, okay, go away for a while, straighten yourself out, and we'll have you back. What I mean to say is that I'm not sure it has anything to do with the current win streak he's on, because as Sean alluded to, uh, to if you look at it, I mean, he fought a debuting fighter uh, in one of them, one guy one guy had six professional fights at the time they fought, so I, I don't know how beneficial it was to his career for I him. I don't
1: I don't I think Joe's point was that it's more that the alcohol is affecting his previous performances. Yes. Not, that, sure. not that getting clean helped him beat these scrubs. I think it was just no 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 I know active. I know exactly. I don't know if he's gonna beat by the way, the guys he lost to Moreno, okay, that's not a good loss. But Ray Borg, Tim Elliott's a weird guy, and Mateus Nicolau. Those aren't those aren't no names here. Those are pretty solid no.
2: guys. Better than anyone the this this Chinese fighter has fought. Right.
3: Sorry, Chris. Just, just... no, no, no. I know your point. Your point's taken. My my only point was that um you know it's it's not as though you shouldn't be looking at the the fact that he's getting these wins and thinking that he might be you know a, a massively improved fighter or something. Was my only point. No. There? Um. I'm. I just think that Smoka like. I mean, his striking is okay. He doesn't move his head. He doesn't have great striking defense. Um, as Joe <laughs> said, he's good in scrambles, good jiu-jitsu guy. But when he can be outscrambled, he can be uh, beaten that way too. So the Tim Elliott fight, um, other fights. So um, about about uh, his opponent here, Sum- Sumarjadin. Sumarjadin, Is that it? Sumarjadine. Sumarjadine, okay. Um, he, he reminds me of, of the guy Peter Yan fought in his debut, uh, Jin Su San. He, he sort of, um, he likes to pressure, um, and dart in and out with uh, hard strikes until he has you hurt and then swarm on you. Um, he's good at, um, he's very defensively responsible. Um, he's got good wrestling defense and he's good at striking, backing up. So I think he's got a lot of tools. The one thing I would say is that he's not a really a combination puncher. And um, that's usually how you hurt Louis Smoker. If you looked at um, uh, the, the Nicolau fight, it wasn't the first one. It was the second one because Smoker would bring his hands up and, and just get wrecked by that hook every time coming around the guard. But, um, you know, it, it's really tough for me to trust Smoker in a spot like this. I would feel a lot better um, if he had a reliable way of bringing the fight to the ground. But as Joe mentioned, he didn't. And his opponent is going to dart in and out. He's going to hit hard. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I may be Dogger passing this just because I'm not I'm not sure I can rely on uh, Smoker to get the points he needs to uh, convert that salary.
1: Yeah, I'm just, there's going to be a lot of fades in that high range. I think Smoko you're going to be forced onto a little bit, at least in GPPs. I could see Dogger passing cash if you don't trust Smoker. All right, let's move on. Kevin Holland 9500 taking on the white Mike Tyson John Phillips at 6700 line on this fight. as you would expect Kevin Holland the massive favorite minus 560. come back on John Phillips is plus 475 huge price tag as that would indicate. by the way I, I usually mention this as I, I did mention we record these Friday nights around eight, eight, 8 o'clock. if you're watching this now we got about 25 people watching live. I want to grow that number, obviously. But if you are here now, ask us questions. Um, I'll be, you know, I'll filter them out through these guys. It's it's part of the uh, the uh, fun of this. We're right now we're still discussing how everyone's going to watch this hard. Um, It Looks like most people are powering through. I'm on the opposite side, by the way. Another strategy: I'm playing light. I'm going to sleep through a lock. I'm going to set my lineups before I go to bed. And if I get burned, I get burned. So I'm not playing a ton of money. But I'm going to wake up and I'm going to try my damnedest to avoid spoilers. So let's see how that goes. That's another route. But if you do that, make sure you play light. Now, White Mike Tyson and Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland coming off of that really fun performance against Tiago Santos. Um, I think it's funny when you can take an ass-whooping and talk shit. Uh, really hilarious. Showed toughness. Showed a little bit of ground skills. You um, know, he was dominated. he just Most of he showed toughness and that unconventional striking style. I like Kevin Holland. John Phillips, by the way, was scored zero points in his UFC debut for DK. That's right, zero points. He was taken down immediately by Charles Bird and submitted. He is the white Mike Tyson, also known as the Welsh wrecking machine, says on DraftKings. He is going to try and knock you out. He's got no ground game. Holland has a little bit of a ground game and is more polished on the feet. Um, While Phillips has a puncher's chance. I think that's about it. Give me Kevin Holland, especially when I don't need a ton of these female fighters we're going to talk about later. So for me, Kevin Holland is the pick. Chris, start us off.
3: Yeah, um, I would agree that Holland's the pick. I, I And, I mean, Holland is, is, I guess, is the more polished striker, but only because he's going against a not polished striker. I think Holland is very – the thing about Holland is he doesn't use his reach very well, and so he, he, he relies on a lot of, like – uh, left hook counters that are that are wide, and uh, a lot of like a lot of his kicking game, which is fine. But um, the thing about uh, John Phillips is he's going to be st- trying to get right in the pocket and throw bombs. And uh, Holland's fight on the Tuesday night contender series was against the guy of a of a very similar stature, a short guy with with a with a big overhand right, and he got clipped more than once by it. So if he gets clipped again here. I don't think John Phillips needs too many of those. I I, I would feel a lot better if I knew that um, Holland, like he did in his Bellator fight, was just singularly focused on getting takedowns and getting submissions. I I, I really, I mean, it sounds weird to say because he has got the reach advantage and he is the better striker, but I really don't want him standing too much with John Phillips because I think John Phillips could take his head off. And uh, for that reason, I'm going to have... Um, Both sides of this fight, especially with the low, such a low price on John Phillips, um, I think he's a a pretty good GPP target because you know the ceiling is just uh, you know uh, infinity. It's like nine, it's ninety, ninety-five plus. So, uh, yeah, Holland's the pick to win, but um, you know if uh, he stands for too long, Phillips can knock him out. And so again, I say both sides, more Holland, but both sides of this fight. Joe. Okay, so not that it's a great gym to begin with, but uh,
2: Phillips did not do this camp at SBG. He did his camp somewhere in Wales, likely at a local gym. Uh, He has enough cardio for a few minutes. Uh, Yes, he's got a puncher's chance. Yes, I might have him in one lineup or two. Uh, Yes, I like Kevin Holland to win here. Uh, Should be a good target. Um, Again, if he doesn't get it done in the first round though, uh, he might be hard pressed to earn his salary. But I'm picking Holland.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's exactly right. I'll have a couple shots on John Phillips, but I don't think I'll be going crazy. All right, next All right. up, first women's fight of the night: Jan Zhao Nan, ninety-four hundred, taking on Siori Kondo at sixty-eight hundred. Zhao is minus three ninety-five. The comeback on Kondo is plus three fifty. Um, to me, Zhao Nan is by far the better fighter, but she doesn't score exceptionally high. 66 points in her win over Vivian Pereira, 78 in a win over Kaylin Curran. Better on the feet, does, has not landed a takedown in the UFC. Siori Kondo um, had a decision win against um, Gian, where she didn't get a takedown, 135 significant strikes. They just stood and trade, traded. And her last time out, she was knocked out by uh, Pollyanna Botello, by body kicks, I believe. Look, ultimately, I just think that Xiaonan's going to win, and she's not going to push the pace like Jian and get hit. She's more likely to, to circle off and be, be more technical and get a three-round decision and get Kondo chasing. I don't think it's going to the points are going to explode like they did in the Kondo-Jian fight. 9,400 is even tough for me in cash unless you see a finish. So for me, this is a better fight to bet than to play on DraftKings. I like jean to get a pretty comfortable 30-27 win um, in what I think is going to be an MMA boxing match. Joe?
2: By the way, uh, those 135 quote-unquote significant strikes that yeah. – that yeah, con- yeah, yeah. I mean, we count – that there were a lot of airstrikes. That, that is a that is indicative of how sh- truly messed up Fight Metrics is. And I could go on my Fight Metrics ramp, uh, rant. They, they completely misscored the entire card in Argentina. They were horrible, awful anyway no way she landed 135 significant strikes the other opponent would have been battered and bloody I had way too much condo last time out she got she got done in by a liver kick and and uh, Paulina finished her um, I'm with you this is a fight to fade although if you know fight metrics uh, gives credit for airstrikes you know really? uh, condo could be an interesting play in in cash and maybe even GPPs at her price um, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll pick the Chinese fighter to win here, but this would be a GPP fade and would only be a play in cash if I was going to take the dog. And uh, there is one fight where I like a female fighter a lot more as an underdog. So I will probably have minimal
1: exposure. We're going to get to that because I, I disagree pretty hard on that one. Of all, of all, I, I messaged separately really saying, hey, of all these women's fights, is there a dog you really like? And he gave me a name and I I replied back with the bobbin emoji. And we haven't talked about it yet uh, since. Um, not not where I was expecting you to go. But we'll get there for now. First, let's get your thoughts on Xiaonan and Kondo.
3: Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. Um, uh, Yanan uh, is uh, is clearly the better striker, clearly the better command of distance. But, you know, Kondo is just going to come forward and throw strikes, you know. So for, for 6,900, is it 6,800? Sixty eight, I think. Sixty eight hundred. Um, yeah. I think I think that, um, you know, in a couple lineups where, you know, I whatever you want to call the airstrikes, whatever. I, I didn't go back and watch it. So, you, you may, I mean, I didn't watch it intently to see if they were actually landing. But I know that, I mean, that's how she fights. And for sixty eight hundred, if she can pull off a win just by volume, uh, which I don't think is impossible. I think that. Um, but I mean, look. In, especially in lower level fights, volume and and pressure wins fights. Yep. So if if she uh, if she can control the fight for three for three rounds or two rounds, uh, that could be enough. But um, this is ultimately one of my one of many uh, not many but a few dogger passes for me on this
1: card. I was replying in chat. Somebody missed a breakdown of the Smolka fight. Which, by the way, if you're sorry if you're joining this late, Smolka. Don't go crazy, maybe not in cash. Definitely a GPP play as he's coming back against a newcomer. All right, Lou Pingguan. Pingguan? Yeah, close enough. 8,900. Taking on Martin Day, the UFC newcomer, at 7,300. The line is all messed up for this fight. There it is. Minus 185 for Lou Day, plus 170. Martin Day is. not that impressive to me in his and what I've seen of him. You know, I don't think he's a great prospect at all. Whereas Lou Pinguan, you know, had won a three round decision against Damian Stasiak last time out where he scored 56 points. This fight really doesn't interest me that much. I actually think for the price, I might like Day a little more, just be live to a knockout because I don't think Pinguan is any good. So, this is one of the, this to me is a lot of what I don't like about these type of cards. I don't think this is a good fight. I think it's two guys who are just kind of being thrown in there. There are some other fights that I get you need these fight pass cards and you're going to get some funky matchups. This is the one to me that the whole card makes the least amount of sense. So give me Martin Day and GPPs. I think one to 8,900 I have a hard time paying up for. Chris?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to disagree a little bit. I actually, I actually was pleasantly surprised. I liked a lot of what I saw from Martin Day in his. Um, well, I still his, playing more of him, huh?
1: <laughs> I'm still playing more of him than okay. Than no, I know. Him. I'm
3: just, I'm just saying. I think, I think rather than being like a okay, I guess for the money kind of play for me, he's like uh, okay. I Actually, like what I see kind of play. I think he, he's a really good combination puncher boxer. He works the body head. He's, he's good defensively. Um, he seems to have a little bit of power. The only thing that I would say that I don't really like is he doesn't seem to have a lot of takedown defense. And we didn't see Pignon uh, shoot for many takedowns in uh, his first fight, but um, I think it is there. And he's very scrambly, and he appears to be good off his back. We saw him hunting for submissions um, off his back there against Stasiak. Um, so the... The, the lack of takedown defense does worry me if um, Pingyang goes for it, but otherwise I I think Day looks Day looks like a pretty educated striker to me, and he he looks like uh, he looks like a pretty good boxer, and he looks like his volume is uh, is decent enough. So yeah, he's going to be a he's going to be a dog that I target pretty heavily at seventy four hundred. Joe, how about for you?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, first of all, I thought Stasiak won the fight, the last fight, against uh, Lee, uh, against Ping. Um, so I thought he looked okay in that fight. Um, not that Stasiak has any great guns. I, I did have Stasiak as the winner of that fight. Day is a uh, taekwondo fighter, trains uh, at that same camp in Hawaii with Louis Smolka. Um, you know, in a quest for the rare underdog in this card... Um, I am also going to have some shares of day. I will probably be very, very underexposed uh, to the favorite, and I will have more shares of day. I will um, go out and pick day to win here.
1: All right. Next up, we have another female fight, and it's the one we're going to have a little bit of disagreement on. Li Zhang, 9,300, taking on Jessica, the ageless one, Aguilar, at 6,900. Zhang is the favorite at minus 525. Aguilar is the dog plus 450. This fight is minus 270 to go to a decision. So I will say Aguilar is live for that cash punt that everyone's gonna be looking for. I think a lot of people are gonna end up in that range of Aguilar and Condo and just kind of punt the spot away and, and try and get and get some points there. I will say Aguilar also Aguilar is going to look for takedowns. That's what she does. She is very old school. She's been around forever. She really looks for these body lock takedowns, though. Last time out, she did get a win. She beat Jody Escabel on the feet. I think Whaley Zhang is a better striker than Jody Escabel. She beat Danielle Taylor last time out, which I think is a pretty good win. Taylor's is very hard to look good against. Landed almost 80 strikes, got a takedown in an advance. I like Li Zhang, but it's the same problem as Yan Xiaonan. How much do you really want for a price tag to get a GPP win? Um, I think she's probably more live in cash to me than Jiangnan, but I'm not sure I'm going there in either of these places at at those price at that at this price range. So I like Wei Li I'll let Joe tell you why he's a he has a little bit of interest. I won't I won't pin him into a corner. Although no, you know what? If it was Chris, I would totally pin him into a corner. <laughs> so what do so you do? yeah. So wait, I'm gonna be fair here, Chris. I'm gonna be fair. Joe, tell us why you love Jessica Aguilar tomorrow. <laughs>
2: well, one is I'm not convinced that she's done. Um, trains at ATT, uh, top strawweight, uh, you know, looked good on the scales. Uh, I was not super impressed with uh, the win against Taylor. Taylor actually got inside and staggered her a couple of times. Uh, if you rewatch that fight, you will see she got hit by, by Taylor. Taylor does not have a lot of pop in her punches. You know, she's a stick and move kind of fighter. And, uh, She marked her up a little bit. Um, I think that Aguilar definitely has the wrestling advantage, um, can take this fight down. Um, Her advances and her jujitsu has not seemed to be that great of late. Um, I don't know how much she could hold her down, but I like her at 6.9K in cash and GPPs. This is a dog or pass play for me. Um, I will have essentially zero um, of the favorite here and will uh, probably be over market on Aguilar.
1: Yeah, I, I will say just, just because Joe is, we, we joke about it every week. He knows his women's MMA. I am now not fading Jessica Aguilar also because I need somebody <laughs> at 6,900. I really I mean, I need somebody in the yeah. price range. So why not? I, I do like the grappling upside. I did, I did say that. So um, Chris, how about for you?
3: Yeah, uh, Willy Zhang is, is is a weird kind of fighter. Like, on her regional tape, I picked Danielle Taylor to win that fight, and my hot take was that Danielle Taylor's going to knock her out. And the reason was that if you watched her on the regional tape, she was very just wild and chin up in the air and striking. She's toned that down a little bit. She toned that down a little bit. She was a little more patient in that fight than I expected. And I think that's because a lot of these Chinese fighters are coming through Jackson Wink, and if there's one thing they know, it's, it's how to breed the aggressiveness out of your fighter sometimes that works um, sometimes that works well in her case it was a good change sometimes it doesn't but in in any case um she's still um, she still tends to strike wildly when she gets in exchanges I mean that's when um, Daniel Taylor was able to mark her up was when she would throw the, the jab and it would open her up to striking wildly and then and then Taylor would just pop in the uh, the second leg there so I think that um, what this fight's really going to depend on me, because I I expect Aguilar to be able to land on her on the feet. This fight's really going to depend on who's stronger, because a lot of Weili Zhang's regional finishes are like, she's just stronger in the clinch, and she gets her fighter down and is able to win that way. So it's really going to depend on who's stronger. I'm going to say that Jessica Aguilar's got that uh, wrestler strength, and I actually like her to get this done here, and I'm going to have, uh, quite a bit of her at sixty nine hundred again. Well we're all in agreement on Jessica Aguilar
1: in twenty eighteen. That can't be good.
2: That's shocking.
1: Yeah, here we go. But the fight that I am most I'm excited for this fight. I actually am the, it's it's one that's fun to talk about and I can't really explain why. No, I think I can, because it's two train wrecks fighting. Rashad Coulter, eighty-four hundred, taking ah. on Yao Zong at 7,800. The line on this fight. Rashad Coulter, minus 110. Yao Zong, plus 100. This fight, by the way, is at light heavyweight. Does not go to decision. Minus 425. GPP fight doesn't take an expert to tell you that. Which side are you guys on personally? Give me Hugh Yao Zong. I think Rashad Coulter is hot, hot garbage. He got beat by... Chris De La Roca, and Chase Sherman, who I, we know is Joe's favorite fighter. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Yazong, I get he's not very good, but he's – I can't actually pin down where he's doing camp. I've heard Team Alpha now. I heard Jackson for a little he bit. Split, heard,
2: he, split time. He, splits, he split the time on this latest camp.
1: Yeah, so he's getting decent training wherever he is. He's not in a no-name gym in China. He did lose to Sarah Lasker last time out, who is god-awful as well. So this is two bad fighters going against each other. They stand and trade. I'm just. I, I'm gonna give it to Hugh Yaozong. He's also cheaper. I got a little bit of odds value. Look, this is this is a don't get cute spot. It's the best way to describe it. Play this fight a ton in GPPs. They're mid range. Whichever guy you like more, play a little more. There's no wrong answer here. Do not play this fight in cash unless you want to go. Crazy can do a double stack. I guess you could double stack this fight because this fight should finish. And Chris De La Roca, Rashad Coulter had tons of fights. The one thing I will say about Rashad Coulter, he has not been in a boring UFC fight. Goes forward, trades. That's all I could say about him, really. Um, and he's shown some decent toughness while he's getting the shit kicked out of him. So give me Hugh Zong, but this is your classic GPP fight. Chris?
3: Yeah, um I'm also struggling to pin something down uh, for who you I'm struggling to pin down what he does well. And I mean that sincerely. <laughs> I mean that I mean that sincerely. I, I don't but, know but what, what
1: is what does Coulter do
3: well is crazy. Coulter is at least a decent boxer. He can throw his hands in combination. I if you if you look at if you look at Rashad Coulter, he hasn't been really touched up on the feet. He lost to Chase Sherman because of light kicks and he lost to uh, De La Rocha because of grappling. Does no, he get he hit? to fight. That fight against Sherman was short notice. It was, yeah. Um, does he get touched up uh, a little bit? Sure, but um, the thing about that De La Rocha fight is De La Rocha is one of the toughest dudes in the UFC. I mean, I don't know how much longer he's gonna be in the UFC, but every fight of his, it's just he gets wailed on, and th- that was that was that was the Homer Simpson. That was the Homer Simpson that we always talk about. He gets wailed on, wailed on, wailed on. The opponent gets tired. And then another the thing is, um, cause I didn't remember this before I rewatched the fight, but um, uh, Coulter did actually have to um, withstand some grappling early in that fight before he gassed out. So um, Hu Yuzang I don't think is gonna do that. The one thing about Hu Yuzang that, that I really dislike is um, he doesn't respond well to pressure at all. Even in his regional fights, he just backs straight up and, and goes into the cage. And I think Coulter's gonna be able to tee off on him there. And the thing about the other thing about him is, I don't think he has any power. I haven't seen any power from him at all, and uh, it just makes me nervous. Like he's not a grappler. He doesn't have any discernible power that I can see. He threw a couple of leg kicks when, for as long as that fight was on the feet against uh, against um, uh, who was it? You just said it. Oh, uh, nice. Cyril. Cyril Lasker. Yeah. Um, so I guess if if um. You're trying to look for an angle. Coulter's had trouble with leg kicks. But I I, I just can't trust who you on because at least I know that Coulter's going to stand there and throw in combination and throw heavy. I, I don't know what Yu going to do. So I'm going with Rashad Coulter pretty heavy. Joe?
2: Uh, Lord help me. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I have to. I mean, look, this guy has fought nobody. Yes, it's a good sign that he's doing camps in the U.S. Um, he looked. Horrible against Cyril Asker. Um, I, I think the combined wins of, a, of people he's fought is one or something ridiculous like that. Um, I Look, I've got to give Coulter another shot here. Um, you know, trains it at AKA. Um, oh, and the other narrative on this fight is that this fight is a wealth, is, is happening at, at light heavyweight, and Rashad Coulter actually missed weight. It's the only fight yeah, that yeah. missed weight. He, he weighed in at 208. Um, you know, so he's forfeiting 20% of his purse, and the fight will go on. But this is a, a light heavyweight fight, not a heavyweight fight. So um, I'm not sure what that means, if it's going to mean his hand speed is better. Um, I don't know how hard he, uh, you know, pushed to make weight. Um, two pounds at that weight is not a lot. Um, but uh, it's, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm kind of like like got a more, more morbid curiosity about this fight. Um, I am on Coulter. I'll have a few shares of of the underdog just in case, but I've got to go with Coulter here for the finish.
1: Okay, moving on. We have another women's fight. Oh, good. Joe gets to start. Laura Mueller, 9,200, taking on Wu Yanan at 7,000. Mueller is the favorite at minus 380. Um, Yanan plus 340. Yan'an lost to Gina Mazzani last time out or in her UFC debut, and I'm just going to leave that out there. She lost to Gina Mazzani. <laughs> Laura Mueller um, beat Shayna Dobson last time out in a couple takedowns. I like what I see from her. 9200 again, is the bigger issue with the price tag. I think overall she's just going to be able to mix it up better. If Mazzani got down um, Yan'an, I, I don't doubt Mueller can. I just don't know how highly she's going to score. Of everyone up in that range, I, just because of the grappling, she's the one I, I'm most willing to play of those female fighters, Price nine thousand and under and over. But it's not a ringing endorsement. She's only five and zero. Oh. Her only wins in the UFC is over Shayna Dobson. Give me Mueller and another fight that I think. The line is is crazy, but it, she's a parlay piece in, in betting if you want to do that. I did do that actually. I put more Mueller in because I'm relatively confident she wins. I just Scoring wise, again, we have another issue, uh, Joe.
2: Yeah, you stole a bit of my thunder there, but but that's good that we see this the same way. If there was one of those uh, high-priced female fighters that has the best chance for the finish, I would give it. I would say Mueller would. Um, what they say on the Dogger Pass podcast with our good friends Paul and Cody. Friends don't let friends bet on fighters that lost to Gina Mazzani. Um, you know, which is not a good sign. Um, this should be a layup for um, Mueller, which tells me that the UFC likes her. Um, so again, I will have a few shares of her to get the finish. I think she is extremely safe in cash, although her price is very high. Um, so uh, I haven't decided how much
3: cash I'm playing this week, but um, I definitely like Mueller here. Chris? Chris? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to make this unanimous and, um, for a lot of the same reasons. I I like a lot of what I've seen from Lauren Mueller. I I love the way that, um, she swarms. I think, um, she's good defensively. I think she can mix it up in her combinations. I think she can go for takedowns and grapple and her opponent gets hit a lot. And that's a good thing. Now she's really, really tough. I mean, even in, in that fight with, uh, Mazzani, her shoulder popped out of her socket. They popped it back in. She kept fighting. She's she's a re- she's really tough. So that may make it harder to reach that value, but I just see her dominating pretty much everywhere. And I I also think that um, you know she's she's showed a lot of toughness herself. I mean Shayna Dobson hits really hard. Hits a lot harder than than um, this opponent is going to. And um, I just I just love her to stay in there. And I think that she's. She's better everywhere, and I think she can – look, I don't think an overwhelming volume finish is out of the question here. So uh, I'm going to go Mueller, and this is going to be one of my um, contrarian GPP plays because I think a lot of people are going to skip it. I will not be skipping it. All
1: right. Song Kinan, 8,300, taking on Alex Morono at 7,900. Song is still the favorite, but it's closing, minus 115. Morono is the underdog at plus 105. Uh, true pick-and-fight here. I think this is probably the most, well, as the line would indicate, the most competitive fight in the cards, the one I'm, I've had the hardest time picking. Um, but Morono, 1-3 and in his last four. That one win, Joshua Berkman, <laughs> good for you. Uh, not good form. Lost to Jordan Mean last time out. Whereas Song Kinan uh, is 2-0 and oh in the UFC, two knockouts. But Bobby Nash, Hector Aldana. So hits hard, but against Aldana, he was clearly losing the um, first round. And Bobby Nash is super chinny. That's what Bobby Nash does. I think this fight is going to be just based on their pricing and the output. I'm thinking is going to be in a Morono fight and Keenan at home. I think this is a better GPP fight than cash. Personally, I just I think it's a weird spot. I'm having a hard time picking this one. Ultimately, I'm leaning on. Song, for some of the intangibles, I think he's more likely to get a finish. Um, and in a decision, he's at home, probably more volume. And I really am having – the biggest thing keeping me from picking Morono is the performance against Jordan Mean I know Song Kinan is, is young and an up-and-comer, and Jordan means a vet who's been around. One in three in your last four, Joshua Berkman being the win. And now you're going to China. I'm going to lean towards Song Kinan, but I will have shares of both of these guys in GPPs. Chris, start us off.
3: Yeah, um, this seems like a pretty good matchup for Song Kanon for the reason that um, Morono's st- striking is basically really big looping overhands, and Kanan is a powerful counter striker. Actually, we've seen both of his wins finished by counter strikes and single shot counter strikes. So that's got to really um, up your confidence if you're thinking about playing Kanon here. The problem is um, that if he doesn't get that. Kill shot. His output is very low, and Morono is going to be the one pressuring and coming forward all fight. I also, I don't expect him to wrestle the way that um, Jordan mean it. So, I think this is going to be uh, maybe a, a good GPP spot for uh, Kanan. But um, I could also I could also see Morono just outworking him and out pressuring him um, to get a three round decision. Um, the way Morono leaves himself open. Uh, I I I really think that um, a finish is 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 more likely than not here, but um, you're kind of banking on it if you're going Canon. Ultimately, I'm going to pick him to win the fight, but I do think you should have shares of both, just in case Morano's um, just pressure and aggressiveness gets it done. Joe,
2: yeah, um, I guess there's a little bit of line value in in Morano here. Um, you know, it's it's what pretty close to even, right? I don't know if you have the odds up. Um, so uh, it's minus 110
1: to plus one hundred.
2: Okay, so that's pr- as close right. to even as you're going to get. Um, you know, seven point nine k. There's a little bit of odds value here. This is kind of interesting. I mean, I just um, I don't know. I don't know really what to do here. Um, I heard that you know Murano is doing some time at Fortis. Um, which is good, although um, I heard on on another podcast that he's really only spending two days a week there. Um, So, you know, is that really going to make that big a difference? I guess I'll go with the Chinese fighter here, although if you're going to target this fight, I would recommend balancing it out because it's not a really strong endorsement.
1: All right, let's move on. We have Li Jingliang, 8,500, taking on David Zawada at 7,700. Jing Liang is the favorite, minus 185 to come back on. Zawada is plus 170. Uh, Li Jing Liang is coming off the fight where he tried to blind Jake Matthews. Oh, no, that was two fights ago. He also had a decision yeah. win last time out against Daiichi Abe. Um, look, you know what you're going to get with uh, Jing Liang. Pressure guy comes forward, throws hard. Uh, didn't get a finish of, 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 of Abe, but he landed plenty of hard strikes in that fight typically looks to get a finish, whereas David Zawada, um, I think, pulled the win over Danny Hotchalk Roberts last time out, and it should have been a a great I-told-you-so moment for me to the MMA universe because I was on Zawada all week, and I was told I was crazy, but he got takedowns, you know, tough guy from um, KSW. The issue is I'm not – I think Jake Matthews is a better grappler than David Zawada. I think people are – I've seen people picking Zawada, at least some people, uh, and relating that if Matthews can get down Liang, that's what Zawada can do. I'm not sure Zawada can. Danny Hatchock-Roberts is terrible takedown defense, in my opinion, whereas you know, it's just a different level here. Liang, I think, will be able to stop the takedowns and be okay against Zawada on the feet. By the way, this fight, really interesting, is expected to go to decision. Minus 150 goes to decision. I thought that would have been... A little bit lower for me I think Li, Li Liang, especially in China I think he's the better fighter here um I would love to go back to the well with David Zawada but I think everyone is coming onto the hype train that I helped build with my I told you so's and I'm jumping off here I think Li Liang is better especially in GPPs if there's going to be a finish it should be the leech so give me him at 8500 uh Joe start us off
2: yeah um you know, this is probably the most popular of all the Chinese fighters. Um, he was actually briefly cut by the UFC. I don't know if people realize this. The other thing is there is a small amount of narrative aside from being probably the most popular fighter. And that does the UFC actually in that they are they are building up. They, they're putting a PI in, in, in China. Um, and do they really want the most popular Chinese fighter to lose? That's a big part of the narrative. Um There's there's that. And then, you know, (laughs) first of all, I don't see this going to decision Um, one. I see this going inside the distance. And the other the other part of the narrative is I don't believe that Lee has won, has got to win against a a fighter with a winning record in the UFC. I believe I saw that tweeted out um, a few days ago uh, by by Dudas, um, you know, Clay Davis that uh, he does not have a fight against – he does not have a win against a fighter with a winning record in the UFC, which is kind of interesting. I mean, um, did not, you know, look great against uh, Matthews. I guess because of the narrative, I'm going to pick Lee, but I would say why not have a few shares of of uh, Zawada? I mean, but I I'm, I'm, I've kind of was on Zawada big earlier in the week, and then as I kind of understood the narrative, I moved a little bit off him. I will have a few shares of him, but I, I'm kind of leaning now more towards Lee, so I will pick Lee. But I would not be surprised if this turns into a slugfest. If Lee gets hurt early and has to kind of rally to come back, would not surprise me at all.
1: Chris, how about for you?
3: Yeah. Um, first of all, welcome to my world uh, with the uh, Kurt Holaba uh, knocks down, what's his face, and then loses by decision. No, no. So, I mean, guys, sometimes- got, no,
1: no by Shane Burgos? Shane Burgos barred him. Yeah, oh, I know. Heard.
3: Oh, that's <laughs> what—that's what I meant to say. Yeah, that's what I meant to say.
1: But <laughs> so my
3: um, guy got robbed by the friggin' judges. Yeah, but um, I was still so close to. Uh, but the universe <laughs> does what it wants most of the time. So, um, um, I am going to pick Zawada, and not because of any kind of grappling advantage or perceived grappling advantage. I—I I think Zawada may be the better kickboxer, and I think I think that—that's um, going to play here. I think Zawada is going to be quicker. And you alluded to it, Sean. Um, you know what you're going to get from Li Jinglong. He's very um, predictable in his combinations, overhand, right, left hook. Uh, repeat as necessary while pressuring, which is fine. I mean, I mean, he did uh, put a little wrinkle in. He added a nice hard leg kick in that fight with Abe. He used it a lot. He used it to good effect. I still think that Zawada has enough on the feet to get it done. I like um, his in-and-out movement. Uh, I think that... Um, you know, we all know Danny Roberts has very fast hands. Roberts had, had trouble catching him on the feet. Um, I, I, I hope he doesn't grapple quite honestly, unless he needs to, unless he gets hurt or something, because I really think he can do this on the feet, and I wouldn't want him to get into a scrambling match because, as you said, he lost most of those um, against Roberts. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really think, and I, I really think um, Lee is going to be the favorite here because everybody likes him, his knockout potential. I mean, I meant the uh, like the public darling, he, um, because everybody likes his knockout potential. But I, I, I really see Zolada with a lot of advantages here, and uh, I'm taking him to um, get get a nice decision win as a dog and, and possibly a finish. So,
1: I, I agree to disagree on that one. But um, I get it; you're hurting for dogs. I think they're a better spots personally. But that would be a good hot take for you. I I'm gonna, I would let you have Zawada by finish the hot take against Li Liang in China.
3: Well, so just make just it away because I, I, I have another hot take. So I'll, I'll have two unofficially. Yeah. All right. Song Yidong 9,100,
1: taking on Vince Morales at 7,100. Song Yedong is the favorite. Of course, I'm on best fight odds. Minus 500. Vince Morales to come back is plus 435. Song Yudong, two UFC finishes. Um, not good opponents either, Felipe Aranches and Baharat Kandare. Over 100 both times, but Vince Morales is no great shakes either. Song of the Terminator Yudong, I think it's another finish here. I won't go too in-depth into this one. I just think he's better than Vince Morales fighting at home. I like the narrative here, as Joe would say. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you.
3: Um, Yeah, I my problem with Vince Morales is um, – you know, he, he tends to rely a bit too much on his athleticism. He's, he's a good in-and-out fighter. He likes to pressure. Um, he likes to use his hand speed. And and that all works great. And even in his contender series fight, he was about, you know, three punches away from stopping it until he lost um, by, by sub in the next round. But um, I, I just think Kanan is, is the better technical boxer, the better technical striker. Um, I think he's better uh, defensively. I think... Like when when I said that he likes uh, Morales likes to rely on his athleticism, it tends to get him in uh, you know pocket battles striking because he thinks that he j- can just you know um, outwork his opponent. But I think the more technical fighter, as as uh, as we've seen in fight in fights past, is going to have an advantage there. And I I just think that um, Morales is a little too green. I think his technique is a little bit lacking. Um, so I'm going to pick Kanan here to. Um, Maybe, you know, hit him with a hard counter or, um, you know, really take advantage of of some of uh, Morales' striking in the pocket.
1: Joe, how about for you? Yeah, I mean,
2: again, you know, big narrative on this card. Um, you know, this is probably the second most popular fighter uh, among the Chinese fighters. UFC likes what they see. Um, you know, this, uh, we don't really know how old this kid is. Um, you know, he is the, he is 19 and he hasn't aged. Um, but I like him here. Uh, Morales is not bad. I mean, um, I think he, he, took a fight in Bellator. Um, kind of a weird trajectory to the UFC was, you know, I believe he did not win on the contender series and then took one fight in Bellator and now he's back. Um, he's not awful. Um, this is probably... The best of the three fighters that um, he is that you know that the favorite has faced here, um, but I will stay with with the favorite here, and uh, I think this is a, a fight to target the favorite in. Um, I'm not going to say it's a free square because I don't know if there are any free squares on this card, but um, I like him quite a bit.
1: All right, next up our co-main event. Sergey Pavlovich, eighty-two hundred, taking on Alistair Overeem at eight thousand. Pavlovich is the favorite, minus one twenty, taking on Overeem at plus one ten. Look, Overeem, I didn't see a ton of weigh-in videos today. I saw Overeem on the scales. Um, that dude looks in shape. He looks like he oh is. What
2: to though? When has an Overeem?
1: He looks like he's up another notch again, though. He kind of he fluctuates a little bit, in my opinion. I. I I, I think he's back on on some supplements. Let, let's just let's just put it that way. Um, Pavlovich, on the other hand, didn't look great on the scales. Look, stand up battle, not a, not a ton of volume. They are heavyweights. They're priced right in the middle. I am having a hard time deciding which way to go just in terms of exposure to this fight, because this could we've seen multiple times overeem. You know, everyone wants to target heavyweights and GPPs. We've seen overeem ton of times burn that strategy just because he ends up in the third round in these, you know, friggin' awful fights. We saw it against um, uh, Verdun. We saw it against Mark Hunt. Saw it against, there's one more, Roy Nelson. Um, but last time, you know, he's on a two-fight losing streak, been knocked out each of his last two fights. The one against Curtis Blades was vicious. That was ground and pound, though, um, versus the one the one hitter against Nganoum. Anybody heavyweight has power to put you down, and Overeem is super chenny. That being said, I still like Overeem here, and I, th- I think people are going to be off of him. I think people are, you know, doubting him as what tends to happen. Look, Popovich is not a blades or Ganu. Give me Overeem to pull an upset here at 8,000. Uh, Joe?
2: Okay, so there's a fair amount of narrative on this fight. Um, first of all, um, Overeem... Is probably gonna is probably gonna be paid more than the rest of the fighters on the card combined. That's the kind of deal he has. Okay, um, uh, maybe maybe not without respect to uh, Nganu. I mean, Nganu might have a have a have a decent deal, but no, actually, Overeem makes a multiple of what Nganu makes. So, first of all, I, I didn't see that the Russian looked that bad on the scales. I thought he looked fine. Um, I've never seen Overeem not be in shape, even when he's. When flying against Ngannou, he looked good. He's just one of those guys that takes pride in how he looks. Um, the Russian trains his his head. His train's trained by Khabib's father. He's in that camp. Um, he's a very methodical guy. So this could be a really boring fight because you know we've all seen the um, Reem Verdoom fight, which was like nails on the blackboard boring. This could be another boring fight. This guy's very methodical. He's got a good wrestling base. Um, So this fight is a risk to target just for that very reason. However, you know, if the Russian gets him down, if he finds Reem's chin, um, it's pretty much even DraftKings pricing-wise, 8.2K, 8,000. I really do think that the UFC wants to find an excuse to cut, either cut over Reem or bring him back at a much, much more favorable um, rate um, because of how much money he makes. So I
3: am going to take the Russian here.
1: Chris, how about for you?
3: Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm just not a big fan of of these dudes coming over from fight nights global. I think, I think a lot of them are overrated. Um, if you look at uh, Tiago Alves' last fight against, um, who was that? Uh, Alexi Kunchenko. And he was supposed to be this huge guy coming in, I think 18 and 0 undefeated. Uh, He didn't look great to me in tape and he didn't look great to me in that fight. Uh, I actually thought Alves Alves pulled that out, but, uh, here and there, um, uh, our our new guy uh, Pavlovich is um, you know a big heavy thrower. He's got a nice wrestling base, as Joe mentioned, um, but he's kind of a plotter. Um, doesn't have good footwork. He just sort of pressures you in one spot and looks to throw bombs until you go down. Now that's always a worry when we're dealing with Overeem because um, you know Overeem is is like one of the few guys where I actually worry about his chin. I tend to think there's too much. Um, pro-clutching about uh, chins in MMA, but Overeem is one that I do happen to agree with. Um, I do worry about his chin. So I, I think that if he catches him, that's obviously a problem. He can win by knockout for sure. But I think Overeem can use his movement here too. Like I said, uh, uh, Pavlovich is a plotter. I think um, Overeem is going to have a, a great speed advantage. And if he could keep this on the outside and use his movement, um, then yeah, he could probably hit him hard with something and change the course of the fight. As far as the pick, it, it's so tough for me to pick Overeem. Um, in a fight these days, um, I, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Pavlovich and uh, be pleasantly surprised if it's Overeem. But I will say have both of these because I could see either one of these guys finishing.
1: All right, main event time Curtis Blades, 8,700, taking on Francis Nganu, 7,500. Curtis Blades is the favorite, minus 235 inganu 215. Remember just a little while ago when Francis Nganu was on top of the world? He's the next big thing, hits harder than a Ford Escort. Well, now he's a 2 to 1 dog against Curtis Blades, a guy he's already beat. That being said, give me Curtis Blades. I think he's better than he was then. I think takedowns, clearly Ngannou's not going to learn how to stop a takedown that quick. I know he's a physical freak athlete. I don't think it's enough here. Uh, Curtis Blades is the pick at minus 235. I think he gets takedowns, gets a finish. I will have some shares of Francis Ngannou because if he finishes, it is by vicious KO. We've seen um, Curtis Blades was hurt in the fight against Mark Hunt. He was wobbled in the shot for a takedown and got it. He can be knocked out. The knockout against Blades' first time was a TKO. That being said... Perfect GPP fight. Stack it in cash. I think is fine on this wonky card. Why? Um,
2: why? Why is it fine to stack this fight in cash?
1: Why? Yeah. Because there because there's not a ton of dogs that I love. And GANU is live to a win. You'll be overweight to the field. Who Who in that range am I dying to get in?
2: Well, I mean, I guess my question is this: What if there's a repeat of the Lewis fight where he throws three significant strikes? I mean, and just plays defense all. Day? I mean
1: that's that's get, my only concern i can get I can get my uh four wins or my three other wins elsewhere. I could be giving up a loss, but anywhere in that major I'm not going to try and get an Alex Morono and just you know I could lose both of them I could you know in wins Morono you know, Morono loses
2: everybody said this fight is stackable in cash. I think I'm the only one who thinks there's a, a huge amount of risk i'd oh, rather yeah, I'd, it. I'd rather go like, with Kondo or Aguilar and 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 pay out and and use that extra you can, money
1: you can do that and then get three high three more favorable wins i think is the strategy i'm not playing a ton of cash personally but i think that's the way you would stack hunt way down and then plug in your three fighters for around your nine thousand a pop or whatever you have left that's the way i think i would approach you know you you could approach cash and i probably will uh, i haven't built yet i gotta get on that relatively soon um but Blades is the pick here. I'm going to have way more of him than Ngannou. It's also for that reason too, Joe. I think I'm going to have way more Blades, and I'll probably back myself up in cash with, with Nganu. But uh, Blades is the pick here for sure. And, um, God, I would love to see Blades versus DC, but I don't think we're ever going to get to see that fight. Uh, Chris, start us off.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, this is weird. Uh, for, well, the first thing you obviously have to talk about is, you know, the um, – is Ngannou shot uh, narrative? I know the narrative is usually Joe's bag. I'm going to piece you to it this time. Because you, you just can't avoid it when you're talking about this. Um, I just I think it was – I mean, that might have something to do with it. But I think we're all kind of forgetting that Ngannou is a counter-striker anyway. He's always been a counter-striker. And so if you're a guy like Derek Lewis who's just never going to lead, who doesn't really lead that much anyway, but with the back thing he really couldn't lead – You know, you're going to get a fight that kind of looks like that. Uh, That's not, honestly, that's not souring me on Nganu the whole way here. Because I'll tell you something when you go back and you look at Blades' um, last two fights, and even the fight with uh, Nganu, the first one, he has trouble finding his range on the feet. He falls short quite a bit. Um, Hunt was able to counter him and almost take his life uh, with an overhand right. Now, he's a very tough guy, and uh, we've seen that in his fights. But the only reason we know that is because he's been rocked by Ngannou. He's been rocked by Mark Hunt. He's been rocked by Alistair Overeem. So, you know, at this point, it's like you're, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, when is the time where he gets rocked where he doesn't come back from it? And <laughs> Ngannou was rocking him with almost every shot in that fight. Straight Straight lefts, he was rocking him. And 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 Blades is 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 going to be a much more willing striker to his own detriment, I think, than a guy like Derek Lewis was. So when you're looking at this fight, I think the main question you have to ask yourself is how long will Blades try to keep this on the feet? I think Blades should be trying to get his wrestling working immediately. But having said that, I don't think Ingano's wrestling defense is terrible. I think I think that. Um, uh Stipe shot a lot of blast doubles. And um Ingana's wrestling, at least at that time, was very much more push you back to the fence, try to take you down. And Ingana was doing a lot of the right things. He was digging for underhooks. He was trying to frame away. So I think he at least has the basics of wrestling defense down. Now, when he gets there, when he gets to the floor, that's a whole nother story because he shows he doesn't really show that that uh many signs of of being able to get up. And I do think um it's 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 fair to say that. Blades has, um, you know, improved his top control, um, since then, but, um, yeah, if you're looking past Nganu, I really, I really, um, think that's a misstep. Um, I think that, um, Blades tried to lead with his wrestling more last time, I think because maybe he knows his striking is deficient, caught that knee from Overeem, almost got knocked out again, um... I just think it's it's a still it's a super dangerous fight for Curtis Blades again. And um can Blades take him down and control him? Yeah, but I think he needs to do that. And I still think he's gonna be um in danger when it's on the feet. So look, I I think uh Ngannou is perfectly live here. I think um you should go about even if I'm being if I'm being honest. Ooh. Uh because I think either guy could end this fight.
2: Mm. Well, um the even the even narrative is is actually a hot take um, i I just don't know there's such a big question mark about whether Ngano has got his head right um you know well you know i I was so discouraged after that uh, fight that I almost stepped away I was gonna step away for a couple of weeks. um I was in Vegas I saw that fight um, there was like a, a VIP party at Red Rock I saw that fight and I was so discouraged I actually lost a seat I was in a, a tiebreaker for a a challenge ticket with uh, with Doctor Pimple Popper, and he almost he essentially conceded because I had Nganu left and he was done, and it was just so discouraging. So I don't know if he's got his head right. I mean, I do agree that you shouldn't fade him. Although I think if you are playing three primary lineups and you put Nganu in in more than one, then you are just like you might be you might be living with a lot of dead money. Um, So I would certainly say a percentage, but half I think is way too much, and I am obviously picking blades to win here.
1: All right. That's um, the fight-by-fake fight breakdown for UFC Beijing.
3: Let's do hot takes. Chris, hot take. Okay, so my hot take is going to be a little different than the ones I usually do. Usually I target a fight. But um, this week I see a lot of dogs are in play, as I mentioned. So my hot take is going to be that that at least a thousand dollars is going to be left on the table for the optimal lineup. Wow. Whew.
1: Okay, that, that, that's definitely a hot take. Joe, you got one?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I I say that there will be at least two Chinese fighters who are favorites that will lose.
1: Hmm. All right, that's an interesting one. You know what? I'm going to go. Laura Mueller, Laura Mueller wins by first round TKO. Nice. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Same page. Same
2: page.
3: Right. Now guys,
2: you know you know we have two cards next week, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. So it's we right. we gotta we gotta figure we gotta get back to the millions of, of viewers and, and determine how we're gonna handle that.
1: So make sure well, you follow all of us. If you follow us all all of us on Twitter, I think the best way to do it before we decide right now.
2: Yeah. We do, will, we do, do we do do we do a, Do we do a mega show? Do we do a mega show and just knock oh, out God. both cards or what, what do we do? I was just
3: going to say, remember what we did last time where we just, we had quick picks for the fight for the um tough and then. We, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works good. I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I Maybe just it,
2: expand just... the show to a little longer and just do that quick picks.
1: Yeah. Right. I, and I would assume Thursday night, but follow all of us on Twitter and you will see when fight IQ will be going live next week or just subscribe on iTunes and get pushed right to your phone absolutely there you go again make sure i mentioned rotowire rotowire thanks for having us um as always we got i got my holiday gift thank you rotowire rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their paid content no credit card required it is at real chris olson at Tzu at the dfs sniper with one s guys good luck in your contest make sure to either set an alarm or play light and we will see you next week got
3: it thanks everybody take care